Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to investigate the Scriptures with us in a Berean manner, to search them daily as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' famous topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Kingdom was the central concern of Jesus' ministry and that of the Apostles. This very simple fact can be demonstrated quite easily by simply taking a Bible and opening it to the beginning of the recorded ministry of Jesus Christ in Galilee, in chapter 1 of Mark, in chapter 4 of Matthew, and chapter 4 of Luke, for example, you will find plain testimony to the effect that Jesus was the great originating preacher of the gospel about the kingdom of God. The saving gospel message came from Jesus initially. We must emphasize this because a certain amount of confusion seems to reign in this otherwise rather simple concept. Hebrews 2 verse 3 says it plainly, The gospel preaching began with Jesus Christ. It did not begin with Paul. It began with Jesus and with John the Baptist who introduced Jesus. And that gospel has a label. It's always called the gospel about the kingdom of God. You see, the gospel of the kingdom is more than a message about Jesus' death to secure forgiveness of sin. Although, of course, that forgiveness of sin through the death of Jesus is also absolutely essential to the gospel. But it was added later to Jesus' original preaching of the gospel about the kingdom. You'll find if you examine the ministry of Jesus that he did not at the beginning, indeed for about three years probably, even mention the fact that he was going to die or be resurrected. And yet the accounts tell us that he was preaching the gospel and the apostles were sent out, both twelve of them and later seventy, to preach the gospel of the kingdom in the absence at that stage of any understanding or knowledge of the death and resurrection of Jesus. You see, Jesus preached the kingdom of God gospel long before he said a word about his death for our sins or his resurrection. You can prove that fact very easily by comparing Luke chapter 4 verse 43 with Luke 18, 31 to 34. That's Luke 4:43 compared with Luke 18, 31 to 34. In Luke 4.43 you'll find that Jesus said, I must continue to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the other cities also. That's the reason for which I was sent. That's why God commissioned me to preach the gospel of the kingdom. But when in Luke 18, much later than that earlier statement, in Luke 18 Jesus announced his death and resurrection, the disciples did not even at that stage understand what he meant. They didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus at that point. They didn't even believe that he was going to have to die for our sins. And yet those same disciples had been preaching the gospel. Now, I wonder if you realize what that means. The disciples had preached the gospel of the kingdom along with Jesus in the absence of any information about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Let me say that again. The disciples had preached the kingdom gospel, the gospel, of the kingdom with Jesus and alongside Jesus learning from him before they understood a word about his death and resurrection. Now that must prove to anybody who's thinking straight that the gospel contains more than the information about the death and resurrection of Jesus. It contains that whole element of the kingdom with which Jesus began. Now after the death and resurrection of Jesus, of course, 
those essential facts about his death and resurrection were added to the foundational base of the gospel, which is the information about the kingdom. And so in Acts 8.12, we find a perfect definition, a wonderful encapsulation of the essential gospel message. In Acts 8.12, we read, When they believed Philip, as he was proclaiming the gospel about the kingdom of God, firstly, and the things concerning the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, both men and women. There you have it, a two-pronged message, a two-phased message, if you like. Firstly, the kingdom of God. Secondly, the things concerning Jesus. Jesus preached that saving gospel of the kingdom before he introduced the information about his death and resurrection. Now, to remove the kingdom from the gospel is to take away its essential foundation, the foundation laid by Jesus. To remove the death and resurrection of Jesus, of course, would also be to destroy the gospel. So if we think of the gospel then as A, the kingdom of God, information about the coming kingdom, and B, information about the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have the complete gospel. But A must not be subtracted from B, and neither must B be subtracted from A. The full gospel is given us clearly in Acts 8, verse 12, and many other passages. Now, you may be wondering, well, what was this good news about the kingdom which formed the heart of Jesus' preaching of the gospel? Well, the kingdom is a statement of God's intention to put an end to the world's insoluble problems. God is going to send his Messiah to abolish international warfare. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4, and Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. God, through the Messiah, using his agent, his son, the son of God, the Messiah, is going to abolish international friction, international warfare. We read in Isaiah 2 that the Messiah, ruling from Jerusalem, is going to settle the disputes of the nations and arbitrate between them. Jesus, at that future time, assisted by the saints of all the ages who would have been resurrected to immortality at that time, is going to perform the function which the United Nations presently cannot successfully perform. The United Nations does not have that supernatural power to arrange justice and freedom and the absence of war among the nations. Jesus will have that power. He has it now, but he's not executing it at present. He's not exercising that power to control the governments of the world and to advise them in such a way that they will beat their swords into plowshares. But when he returns, he will perform the function which the United Nations has so obviously failed to perform. The United Nations and other attempts to establish world government are bound to fail ultimately. Evil will prevail in the present age. Only in the future age of the kingdom beyond the second coming will genuine peace stretch across our globe. Now, God is going to use the Messiah, then, to cure the incurable, to eradicate famine and poverty, and to establish an era of perfect peace on earth. He will arbitrate between the nations and settle their disputes. Isaiah chapter 2. It really is amazing to me that anyone could imagine that the description of the world given us in Isaiah 2 and in many other passages is a description of conditions now on our earth. It's perfectly obvious that the nations have not yet beaten their swords into plowshares. The nations have not yet learned not to go to war. 
It is fanciful to imagine that the description of the idyllic world, the peaceful world in Isaiah 2 and Isaiah 11, for example, where the animals become peaceful and children are able to play with formerly poisonous snakes and not be harmed. It's really fanciful to imagine that such conditions have ever prevailed on our globe. It takes an extraordinary feat of the imagination to turn those plain words into some sort of vague figures and apply them to the church now. No, we're talking in Isaiah 2 and Micah 4 of a time coming when the earth is genuinely going to learn peace, when fair government will prevail across the globe. That time positively has not come. It's a time coming when Jesus is going to rule for a thousand years with his saints. That doctrine is known technically as premillennialism, a rather daunting term you may think, but actually a very simple one. Premillennialism simply means that Jesus must return pre-millennium, before the millennium, in order to initiate the millennium. There can be no millennium on the earth this side of the second coming of Jesus. All attempts to put the millennium in the present are bound to fail, and they're leading to a massive confusion in the minds of many Christian believers because people are uncertain about the present attempt to establish peace on the earth. There's a massive move afoot to unite nations, to join different religious forces together, and to produce a peace on our own terms. Unfortunately, that's not going to work. The only peace that will prevail will be that peace, that genuine peace which Jesus will introduce at the beginning of the thousand years, the millennium, when he returns in his premillennial return, his second advent, to initiate and inaugurate the kingdom of God on the earth. Now, conversion and reaction, a positive reaction to Jesus' gospel or announcement of the good news of the kingdom is your response to that supremely significant piece of good news about the coming kingdom. Forgiveness of sin, of course, is based on our response to the kingdom message. Jesus did not say just repent. He said repent and believe in the gospel about the kingdom. It's essential, of course, to repent. That means to reorientate our lives in a new direction, to give up those lifestyles, those forms of conduct which are in transgression and violation of the law of Christ. And it means then turning negatively from our sins and turning positively to a new life based on the hope of the gospel of the kingdom of God. The parable of the seeds or the sower or the soils in Matthew 13 Mark 4 and Luke 8 lets you into the secret of Christianity, the secret about the kingdom plan. Mark 4, verse 11. Satan stands ready to, and I quote, snatch the message from your heart so that you may not believe it and be saved. Those are Jesus' words in Luke 8:12. A fair warning, one would think. Jesus there points out that the devil knows full well that this kingdom message is dangerous from his point of view. The kingdom message contains the seed or the germ of immortality which sparks the new life or the rebirth of the Christian. And so the devil is ready to snatch away that message, to interrupt it, to block it, to distract you from it, and to suppress it so that you may not believe the message of the kingdom, that is, and be saved. For that information, compare Matthew 13, verse 19, with Luke 8, verse 12. The devil's intention is to interfere with your reception of the message about the kingdom and thus with your salvation. Luke 
8, verse 12. Now, if we accept the gospel message about the kingdom and receive forgiveness by believing in the blood, the shed blood of Christ on the cross, to cover our sins, then we enter as Christians upon a period of training and testing in this present life in preparation for royal office in the age to come of the kingdom of God. The army's slogan applies exactly. Training today for leadership tomorrow. There could be no more accurate description of New Testament Christianity. The point of Jesus' gospel preaching was to recruit followers who would be trained now to take over the world in power with Jesus at his second coming. And I must add, not before that time. It is futile for Christians now to try to assume the reins of government or take over the world. Jesus never gave any guarantee that his kingdom would prevail during the time of the present evil kingdoms of which Satan is the God. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. Now, following your acceptance of God's message of the kingdom of God, you should be baptized in water as a responsible and intelligent believer. That is part of obedience to Jesus' orders. Acts 8 and verse 12 gives us a simple example. When they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom and the name of Jesus, they were being baptized, both men and women alike. And in Mark 16, verse 16, we read that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Communion, commemorating the death of Christ, that's to say the Lord's Supper, and looking forward to the kingdom should be celebrated following Jesus' instructions as we read in 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26. We invite you to request from us our free book on the kingdom and join us again as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.